Amanda Dabe. I'm podcasting from the home of the College World Series in Warren Buffett, Omaha, Nebraska. This is a pediatrician and training podcast. It is a resource for medical students and residents, and I'm your host. This podcast will cover high-yield topics, as well as interviews with pediatricians and pediatric subspecialists. I'm a first-year pediatrics resident at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. I went to Tulane University in New Orleans for my undergraduate degree, and I received my medical degree from Creighton University School of Medicine. I just wanted to put up a brief disclaimer on these podcasts. So this, the information presented in this, blog, in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice. This is general information and is not patient-specific. This information is not guaranteed to be correct, complete, or current. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm using this as an educational tool for myself and for you guys, and I'll be presenting topics after I research them and kind of discussing them from there. Okay, so today we're going to talk about RSV. You may be thinking, Amanda, like, why are you talking about RSV? It's July. It's hot. <laughs> How many cases of RSV are you going to see? Well, that's true. The main times it happens is between October, October to April or November to May. But it is a major cause of bronchiolitis and viral pneumonia in kids less than one. And it is something that you will see all the time in clinical practice. Um, it's a big hot topic in the winter at most children's hospitals. Remember that October to April, November to May kind of depends on the hemisphere you're in and how warm or cold your climate is, but generally that winter, springish months. In terms of prevention, there's no Lycosin's vaccine. Good hand hygiene. So it's like the biggest thing I always tell parents in the winter or in the summer, just like season all year round, just like wash your hands, not just for RSV, but for like all sorts of viral and bacterial illnesses. Uh, the etiology, so this is an enveloped RNA virus, and it has single-stranded negative sense genome, it's non-segmented genome, and it does not undergo antigenic shift by reassortment. So those are like throwback to step one, but it's enveloped RNA virus with single-stranded negative sense genome. What are the clinical manifestations of RSV? The first sign is a runny nose, so they will just have rhinorrhea up the yang. They may have a cough that kind of comes at the same time as the runny nose, or after like one to three days. Plus or minus, they may have some sneezing and a low-grade fever. This rhinorrhea and cough will kind of progress to a worsening cough and may have wheezing. They may have increased respiratory rate and work of breathing, so you'll see them kind of having these intercostal and subcostal retractions, as well as peripheral cyanosis and tachypnea. So they'll like be breathing fast, they'll be working to breathe, and they'll have this worsening cough and wheezing. The respiratory rate in kids with RSV can be up to 80 to 90 times per minute, and that is like super tachypnic. Now, if you're going to get a chest x-ray on this kid, or any kid with RSV, 30% will be normal, 70% will have hyperexpansion, some peribronchial, peribronchial thickening, and interstitial infiltrates. But, like, biggest thing is, like, it's the winter time, they have a runny nose, cough, worsening cough, wheezing, they start retracting, have increased respiratory rate. It's a clinical diagnosis, so there's no, like, magic test you can run and be like, yep, this is RSV. Uh... Management, so symptomatic management. If you think that the parents are good and this kid is stable, it does not. the kid does not necessarily need to be managed inpatient. A lot of times in the emergency department, you can just, like, watch a kid um, and see if they require oxygen or if they're able to just kind of, like, maintain their O2 sats without uh, crumping or going hypoxic. Now, if a kid is made inpatient, so if we admit them to the hospital, the biggest things for management include humidified oxygen, and suctioning for hypoxic infants. So on the outpatient setting, you kind of suggest, like, 
making sure that the kid stays like well perfused they're not working too hard to breathe because sometimes kids will work so hard to breathe that they'll just tucker out and that's when they can have like hypoxic event and will need additional oxygen support which they can't get outpatient uh, but if they're like doing okay and they're stable and they're like peeing and tolerating a diet and they can still breathe comfortably they're just like having this runny like runny nose and cough you can kind of suggest to mom like you know viral management tylenol and ibuprofen as needed for pain management and just kind of watching their respiratory status another thing that like it's kind of a homeopathic parents will ask about it but um using like saline mist or they call it like nasal spray or ocean spray those are things that can be done outpatient as well as if the kid starts getting a lot a lot of boogers just making sure they blow their nose so they can keep getting oxygen uh, through the respiratory tract and inpatient management so like i said before humidified oxygen and suctioning for hypoxic infants you just want to like suction them out real well make sure they keep that airway open fluid management they may need greater than maintenance so if they're working hard to breathe and they're not tolerating good PO, like you may need to give them fluids, IV fluids, or tube feeds if they're trachypneic or on substantial oxygen requirements. So if a kid needs a bunch of oxygen, you're not going to have them take food by mouth. You'll start an IV and put them on maintenance or a little bit more than maintenance. You will not give antibiotics in RSV. This is a viral illness. Antibiotics are not useful. Um, and some controversial topics, which we won't go into too much today, I just kind of briefed on them a little bit, is that aerosolized saline or ocean spray hypertonic saline, epinephrine, and corticosteroids if they've established asthma. So like some providers will use corticosteroids if in a kid who has RSV who also has established asthma. Um, but mostly it's just like making sure that they have they are not getting dehydrated and that they do that you're maintaining O2 sats and that they don't have increasing oxygen requirements. And if they do have increasing oxygen requirements, a lot of institutions have a heated high flow pathway which we will like you kind of go up or down on the oxygen requirements based on how the kid is wor working to breathe and their clinical appearance. Uh, so parents may ask about ribavirin. It is not routinely used and it really should just be reserved for immunocompromised patients with severe RSV. Uh, it is really expensive and it's not routinely used. So for that select patient population, if they are immunocompromised and severe RSV, you still need to consult ID before you press sign. So before you sign that order, give ID a call and kind of Check in with them before you prescribe something that may or not be helpful for your patient. So the big take home points on RSV is the major cause of bronchiolitis and viral pneumonia in kids less than one. It has a seasonal predominance to it, so that October to April or November to May kind of timeline. It is an enveloped RNA virus with single-stranded negative sense genome. You'll have the first signs are like runny nose, cough, and the cough may happen at the same time or after one to three days. They'll have some sneezing, low-grade fevers, that cough will get worse, they may or may not have wheezing, and they'll just get tachypnic and they're just like working really hard to breathe. Management can either be done outpatient, in the emergency department, or inpatient, and that really just varies on an individual basis on how hard that kid is working to breathe and whether or not they can maintain good PO or if they need IV fluids. You're going to do humidified oxygen and suctioning for hypoxic infants as an inpatient management. And you can kind of use your institution's heated high flow pathway. All right, so that has been a overview of RSV. I appreciate you coming and listening today. This has been a pediatrician in training. And remember, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for podcasts, please feel free to email at amandamerildave at gmail.com.